are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Coffee with Kim. I invite you to journey with me to a new day. I believe God has led you to this moment and this place because He is about to bring purpose and potential to your story. So join thousands of women and men from around the globe who have discovered how powerful their stories become once Christ touches them with His purpose. Don't you long to make this same discovery? Then grab your coffee, scoot in, and join me as we let God's Word reveal how every part of your past has been preparing you for this very moment. thought about how many people you've encountered in the course of your life so far? Impossible to count, right? But have you ever thought about how many of those encounters were divine? That's right, directed by God to enrich your life and theirs. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee, Conversations of Friends of Faith to Encourage and Equip. I'm Kim Crable, your host, and always delighted to have this hour with you. Well, what did you do during the pandemic? Well, one of my friends used the pandemic lockdown to do some writing. My friend, speaker, and author, Sue McRae, began to explore during her time divine encounters in the Bible and discovered a wealth of application for our 21st century lives. Today, this businesswoman, author, speaker, teacher, that very person that I just mentioned, my friend Sue McGray, can you believe, is going to join us to talk about how this biblical encounter she <clears throat> studied opened us to divine appointments and, wow, how God was using these people to encourage her in her life. Now, today, I want to talk to her because I believe this conversation, I pray this conversation will raise our awareness of how God is orchestrating our own divine encounters. And most importantly, I want us to know about them so we recognize them and see that God is active and alive in our lives. So with all that, I'd like to welcome my friend, Sue McRae. Sue, good morning. Good morning, Kim. Thank you so much. Good morning. I'm so glad to have you here. Now, you are in Tennessee, right? I'm in I'm in Nashville, yes. Nashville, a Tennessee, growing, into our a growing city. <laughs> I know. You and I need to get together and do some kind of conference or retreat there. I'm telling you what, that's a I have so many friends there and with your influence in that area, that could be amazing. Side note I there. I think it's right. <laughs> uh, to our audience out, you know, my friends who listen in each Monday, I want them to know uh, a little bit more about you. You're an author, Christian conference speaker, motivational business trainer and coach. Uh, you're on the advisory board of Christian Women in Media, which I served for so many years. But there's so many things about you that, um, you know, some of those things a lot of people can't relate to. Some of those things, you know, people have never written a book. They've never served on a board like that. But... Boy, there's so many people who are listening today that um, as you share your story in such an open and authentic way that you do, you know, they began to relate, you know, that you are a domestic, a survivor of domestic violence and that, you know, you have uh, felt invisible at times. But what I what I love is how you've taken all these things and turned it around. 
for God's glory. And that's what I want to talk about today. So, um, so welcome, friend. Let's just, just dive into it really quickly. You know, we've been around each other for a bit, but we've never, I don't feel like, I never felt like we really got to know each other. We've like never had we a real cup a, of coffee, and I think we, it's time to do that, don't you? <laughs> I do, I do. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, I do a lot better looking at someone face to face. I'm not a real conversationalist on the phone, so I don't do a lot of that. But um, I do coffee and lunch really well. <laughs> you know, it's funny. You I love say that to get to know I'm, people. Yes, yes, I I agree. I'm not much on the phone either. I, I'm I'm like that too. It, but even Zoom has helped me during this period of time because we can still see each other. So, um, mm-hmm. but listen, you know, at at the last, you've written a couple some great books. We're going to get into. But first, I want to talk about our time uh, we taught together. We were speakers at a conference called Arise and Unite a couple months ago, and God really led me to do something different than most of the other speakers were doing. I actually used a, vis, a visual to. You know, even as leaders, we have lots of hurts. We we deal with lots of things, and so uh, and who isn't a leader? Some we're all leading someone. We're all influencers of someone. But I wanted to bring to surface, you know, some of the things that some of those leaders were, and it was amazing watching people be so open and honest. But you followed me. You were the speaker after me, and you got up and you kind of related to what I had talked about about hurts and pains and the things that were holding us back. I remember saying, we can't rise up until we know what's holding us down. And you brought up a point. Would you just take a minute, because I think that just shares your heart and where you are as a leader, but would you share with our audience what you brought up that day? Well, I certainly will, Kim. You know, I think Satan knows where to yank your strings and knows what where we are most afraid. You know, my greatest fear in life is is making a mistake and somebody knowing it. Like, I won't write in a journal because I'm afraid somebody will see it. Well, when you write a book, you get a lot of proofing. So you have a lot of people to say, you, you know, change things. But I have the fear of of being shown up. And by the time I got up to speak at that conference, I just said what was on my heart. And I said, I feel like a counterfeit. I feel like... I don't measure up. What am I doing here? I don't know what I'm doing here. And let me give you a little bit of a background. I am, without a doubt, the most unlikely person to have a platform. I don't know why God has given me the platform that he's given me. I've had great opportunities, but I still question, why God? Why why, why me? Uh, I was brought up in a Christian home in the country, very, very conservative parents, godly parents. And my daddy was a praying man. But I'll have to tell you that that so many years I just wanted to be God's granddaughter. You know, it was hard for me to say or take responsibility to just study God's word and to pray because daddy did it. And if I needed something, I'd just go to daddy and say, we're we're in the scripture is this and 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 I knew that Daddy was just covering me all the time, and so I had to come to a, and it was a divine encounter that brought me to realizing that I needed I needed personal help here, 
but but for so many years, I just floated along, and I'm not just going to talk forever. I'll slow down here, <laughs> but um, God knows their, their vulnerabilities. God knows, and, and I was so failing. I mean, I, when I got up to speak that day, it was not anything that I prepared for. It wasn't any of my notes. I have no idea what I even said that day, but um, I, I was always, first of all, let me just say this, and then I'll... Uh, slow down, but I've always been, I used to say shy, but I come to realize that I wasn't so shy as insecure. I was never um, affirmed. Um, if if I would clean the house when I was growing up as a, as a child, I would get bragged on, so I would need that bragging on, And but I was never really affirmed for me, maybe for what I did, but not for me, so I became performance-based approval. I always had to perform, and I never performed well enough. So then uh, I couldn't look at, if I met you in the grocery store back then, I couldn't have looked at you and said, hello. Um, I avoided the telephone. I would actually go out, back when we have one phone on, hanging on the wall and a landline, I'd absolutely go outside just in case the phone would ring and I wouldn't have to answer it. Is that so crazy? Because I didn't know how to interact with people. And so, yes, I have had a lot of growing. I have. I went into business where I, I was exposed to a lot of positiveness and a lot of growth. So God has blessed me and given me um, a wonderful life today, and I'm grateful for that. Sue, it, it's so amazing. Okay, I want to go back and talk about your divine encounter when you met Christ, but I have to say this because people don't understand who you are. You you rose in a in a business and uh, an industry. I mean, you you did super crazy well, where you had to employ other people, engage other people. I mean, you were in front of people all the time. You had to inspire and motivate. My goodness. Tell tell me that story because I didn't realize the shy part of you or the insecure part of you. How how did you do that? Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of growth, a lot of little bitty tiny bites, and uh-huh. I'm just so grateful for that opportunity that I was a national sales director. I traveled the country training, teaching, speaking in front of huge audiences, and yeah. uh, inspiring and motivating. But, you know, when, when it was time for me to, I call it get promoted, I you know, there's another word for that, but we won't use retirement thing. But <laughs> but when it was time for that, um, I said, what am I going to do? What do I really want to do? I really want to, to impact young women. I don't want them to have the things that happened to me. The, the I want them to know what red flags are for domestic violence. I want them to know and so how can I do that? And if you're going to do that, you've got to write a book. That's what they call an expensive business card, but you've got to have a book if you're going to do that. So my first book was called Becoming Visible because I was invisible. I honestly thought that you could not see me. Now, maybe that doesn't make sense to anybody else, but I thought you could not see me. And the first time I realized that, I was divorced, and I hung on. I was in a 30-year marriage, and 
finally broke loose. But I was given life's commands that you don't divorce. So there's a lot that goes into that. But I went to a high school reunion and stood at the door by myself. And you know you don't ever want to walk in the door at a class reunion. You don't ever want to do that. But I was there. And I stood at the door. And I just thought, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go in alone. I don't want to do this. And then the thought came to me, well, it doesn't matter because they won't see you. And, and and I think that was the first time that I consciously realized that I thought you couldn't see me. But you see, if you don't have enough self-worth for yourself, how can you other people see you if you can't if you're not worthy enough to be seen? And I wasn't worthy enough to be seen. So a lot of tiny steps, um, a lot of a lot of um, falling down bursting my knees and messing up and making mistakes, and I still do. Kim, I don't have all the answers. I really don't have all the answers. And and quite frankly, I don't know anybody that does. I think we're just trying to figure it out. But I think we can, if we become aware that there's encounters with others, that we can make a difference. If I can encounter someone, look into their eyes, maybe call them by name or ask them their name, make them feel that they are worthy, make them feel important, I can make a difference. I can go to the grocery store today and make a difference with somebody else. And, you know, it's not about me, me, me. And when I walk in a room and think I'm shy, I'm insecure, I don't want to talk to anybody, I'm being selfish. If I'm not reaching out to other people, you know, that's what I need to do is, is reach out to other people, talk to other people. As painful as it has been, I've had to learn how to do that. You know, that is that is huge right there. That is huge because I think that that's, the enemy uses that against us. He All the things that you said, being an imposter or not real, you know, to um, feel like you're not seen, feel like that you performance-based. I mean, you go back and you see these very same things that the enemy was using with Eve. It's like you're just, you're almost good enough, but you're not quite there. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just, mm-hmm. that, that, it's disturbing to me that we are still falling for the same thing. And let me tell you, I'm like you. I throw myself in there. We're all still learning. You know, one of the things that we say, and when I, if you've ever heard me speak, you'll always hear me say, listen, I don't claim to have all the answers. But together, if we can build a a platform to where we start really talking as women, we have so many more answers together. And because Mm -hmm. we've all been through so many, but, you know, it's that opening up of the communication. But if the enemy can keep us quiet or make us feel like we're not worthy to speak, then, boy, his, you know, his, the battle is won, and, and, we, and we're the losers because we're not fulfilling our duty. But I love, again, what you said, that if I'm walking in and I'm not, I am not um, doing, extending myself beyond my own insecurities, then I'm missing what God wants me to do. That, that is a huge thing for our audience, all of us, to remember today. So, um, okay, so before we move on to this new book that you've written, you mentioned um, your book, Feeling Invisible, and I just, um, I love that book. You were actually on the show before, and we talked about that. I would love for you to just remind people, becoming visible, letting go of the things that hide your true beauty. 
you know, I wonder how many people, and can I t- just tell you that just broke my heart when you said, you know, the thought came to your mind, it's okay, they're not going to see you anyway, you're invisible. Gosh, I wonder how many people just related to that. So how did you, and I, and to our audience, you can you can buy this book on Amazon, or I'm sure you could call Sue, but tell us a little bit about that book and how it helped you to write it. Well, the 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 first book, the, the Becoming Visible, was born out of uh, an idea that I wanted my granddaughters to know me. Uh, you know, your grandchildren come along, and I have five granddaughters. Emphasize daughter, oh. granddaughters. You know, they they call me Granny Sue, and that's because my son started that. I can't believe I allowed it, but I did, and <laughs> thought it was cute when I had one, and then it just got oh my goodness. And so they knew me of of somebody. They would come to my house and play dress up, and and they would get in my closet and put on my shoes and my hats and my jewelry and my clothes and my son would just shake his head and say the sad part is those are her real clothes <laughs> so because i am a, a horse a clothes horse i love clothes and that goes back to not having any i didn't have anything growing up i i kind of think of uh, one area me and dolly parton's the same because you know she's kind of like flamboyant out there and because she didn't have anything she can have it now well, I didn't have anything. So anyway, the book started with with me wanting my granddaughters to know who I am. They because they didn't know anything about me. You don't sit down with your grandchildren and say these bad things happen. Well, I didn't put a lot of bad things in the book, but if you read it with an open mind, you get the idea. You know a lot more than is written. And especially if you've been exposed to domestic violence, if you've had a hard time with codependency, which I became so codependent I didn't have a brain, and it was easier that way. Life was easier, actually, to be two people. I was one person outside running my business, driving the driveway, take off my jacket, come in the house, know nothing about anything. And that's stressful. Let me tell you, that's really stressful. Um but I lived that way because I thought I had to. I, I didn't want my children to come from a divorced family. It was instilled in me, the life's commands that you don't, you get married, you stay married. And, and I did until it became physical. And let me just pause here to say it all, it usually starts with verbal abuse verbally just abused and that's not so bad you can tolerate that right and then it's emotionally abused you know you're just emotionally abused and then by the time you are physically abused you think you deserve it and you can't do anything about it well I didn't want my children to be from a divorced family but I didn't want my son to think he could treat his wife that way. And by that time, he had his own house and had moved out. My daughter, my youngest child, was in, in college, and she'd moved to college. And and uh, uh, I, I thought, I don't want her to think it's okay to be treated that way. So at the end, when I did have a life threat and was told I was going to be killed, um, I made a choice. And it was very hard. But I will tell you that the peace I found 
in my little one-bedroom apartment with nothing. I had nothing. I had a papa's on chair. I don't know where they came from. And a few clothes <laughs> that I got, but I had no furniture, nothing in that one-bedroom, 600-square-foot apartment. But you know what? God, I was so at peace because I had already been through the divorce. I'd already been through the uh, separation mentally and emotionally. So God was just, I mean, it was like I was on a cloud. It's crazy to talk about because, but I had already been through the other. So I don't know how I got to that. Well, you got to that point. Well, no, 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 no. I think you went to that point because I believe there must be people who are listening who need to hear that it's okay. Not only is it okay, you must leave uh, abusive situations because abusive situations are nine times out of ten, let me say 99%, are not going to rectify themselves. That you must, uh, and the Bible is so clear on that. You're not to stay in situations where you are being abused, and it, it's so funny. I think that we we hear these things. That, I don't know. Maybe the Bible was mistaught. Maybe maybe parents, our parents, or our previous generation put a slant, you know, on things that you know maybe help us try to encourage us to work through hard times. I don't know, but. You know, we're not to stay in those situations where we're abusive. What would you say, Sue, to someone who right now has, has just listened to you and they feel like that you have peeked through the window of their, their door, that this is what they're living with, that nobody would even dare know the abuse that they're living What would you say well, to them? that's the key right there is the secrets that we keep. The secrets yeah. make us sick. And when you live in a sick household, you become sick. And so I say you've got to tell somebody it's freeing to talk about it. See, my parents didn't know. They didn't know anything was going on until he called them and told them he was going to kill me. And then they were under, they understood, they got behind me, they supported me the whole time they're on. But, but it's about the secrets that we keep. And because I had to keep the secret because I didn't want to hurt my dear parents. You know, I did it out of, good, out of a good heart. I thought I was doing the right thing. But, but you, well, I started to a group. I attended a group, Kim. <laughs> I went to codependent class, a group. Uh-huh. And and I learned things. So when it got bad, when it got worse, I said, that's not acceptable. And I ran. And God had told me the night before which way to go, and I did. It was amazing what happened. I went a little distance into a red light and saw a policeman started blowing my horn. And immediately I had, must have had 10 or 12 policemen around me. And... I tried to convince them I'll be okay, it'll be fine. You know, I'm leaving town for a couple of days and it'll be fine. And this little police woman stood, kneeled down at my car and she put her finger in my face and she said, Lady, let me tell you how it is. If you don't go right now and get an order of protection, it's too late when you get back. Well, I was scared to death to do that, but I did it. And never went back home. I never went back. Um, God sent a couple to take me in. I went to church at a different church, one that he wouldn't be at the next morning. 
this couple with two pre-teenage daughters that lived in a uh, an apartment saw me at the new church and came to me, and I don't know how they knew I was in trouble. They took me home with them, and I lived with them for a few weeks until I could get my oh. bearings. And, I mean, only God can do that. Only God can do that. And, and you know, thinking about the, the people, the encounters that we have and the people that's influenced their life and have been there, you know, sometimes I think about the ones that I've missed. How many divine appointments have I missed when God said, go that way, go talk to her, call that person, reach out to that one? How many times have I missed it because I was too busy doing stuff, (laughs) something? Mm -hmm. And so we miss a lot of divine appointments that God really wants to to do it. And, And we ignore that. And it's the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy yes. Spirit that tells us to do that. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you for indulging me and just giving some background. <laughs> and, and we're going to, we're, just a minute, we're going to take a 30-second break. But then when we get back, the entire rest of the show is going to be on this incredible book, uh, Life-Changing Encounters and Divine Appointments. What a book. And you've kind of led us into that already with some incredible divine appointments that you've had. You know, that that police officer giving you that that moment and and these people taking you in. And I'm sure that there's so many more. And, you know, Sue, I want people to understand and see, you know, we're living in a time where we think everything is just coincidental. Life is that No, God is still alive and active and directing. And, and, you know, I want... I want people to see that, and and your book, uh, these uh, divine appointments, is the best way that I know uh, because it's all biblically based, and it comes you've written it in a way that we can all understand. It is a great way for our audience, for all of us, to be reminded that God is active in our lives every day, and I think that if we see that, we just fall in love with Him even more. So, um, so thank you for allowing us to. I wanted to talk about becoming visible again because I think that that is another book that everyone. You're a great writer. You hit really you hit the topics that I love so much. Um, <laughs> but but our audience becoming visible. I, I really wanted to talk about the domestic violence because that we know right now, especially during COVID, and my my background is in counseling. I know the statistics of you know, how that, the, how that increased during COVID. And sadly enough, it's not uh, decreased as much as it hasn't gotten back to what was normal pre-COVID. So there's a lot of frustration, a lot that's um, being taken out. And not only, you know, in domestic violence, we have so much child abuse. So it's so important for us to know and be able to help those around us to be aware, to be, to be visible in their world. So um, so thank you for allowing me to take half of the show to talk about what you've done in the past because it's just, it's always relevant, you know, and, and an author who writes a book that's always relevant, that's a good thing. So, um, so thank you. And what we'll, what we'll do, Sue, is we'll take a, we'll take a 30 second break here and to my, to the audience, our friends who are listening, you know, if, if you have a question, you know, you can call in. You don't have to give your name. I would never ask your name. If you want to call in and um, and, and talk to Sue or ask her about uh, domestic violence, emotional or physical, um, uh, uh, verbal, if you have a question, please call in. If you want to talk about, um, you know, if you have a question about her about uh, becoming visible, 
But most importantly, if you have a question about divine appointments and how to look for them, as we talk about it, please feel free to call in. You can call 347-324-5246. That's 347-324-5246. Now, please remember to press 1. That will bring you into a virtual um, uh, green room, and you'll meet uh, a dear lady there, and she will guide you into how to come online. It's really easy. Again, you do not have to share your name if it's something about the abuse or or anything. You don't have to. So um, please come on in if you'd like to, 347-324-5246, press 1. After this 30-second break, we'll be back with my friend and incredible woman of God, Sue McRae. Sue, we'll be right back. I'll be here to hear what's on your mind. As an adult, kids want to know you're listening to them but they also want to listen to you. When it comes to alcohol, they want to know your expectations and how and why to avoid underage drinking. Talking early and often about it in everyday conversations reinforces your message and keeps lines of communication open. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coffee, Conversations of Friends of Faith to Encourage and Equip. I'm Kim Crable, delighted to be in my fifth year of hosting this. What an incredible opportunity it is. I love Up To Me Radio. Uh, Melinda Davis, who uh, founded this and guides all of her hosts in a way to really make God known and seen so that we can each experience him in a way beyond anything that we can imagine. So always so grateful to be a part of the team of Up To Me Radio. I'd like to um, invite you to learn more about my ministry. You can go to www.rosesandrainbows.org, or you can simply make it easier and go to www.kimcrable.org. Either way, um, you can find us and find uh, the, the many things that God has us doing right now, which is which includes a Friends of Faith tour across America. God has really instilled it upon my heart, which goes right along with today's author, that how important divine encounters of friendship are and how we fulfill our greatest ministry by looking at those around us. So we're going to be talking about that uh, in just a minute. But please check us out at www.kimcrable.org. We'd love to have you a part of anything and everything that we're doing. We still have two slots available to um, in our tour, so if you're interested, please let us know. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us right here for coffee. It is always a conversation. We have a ministry of friendship. It's where friends get together to teach and train, encourage one another, and what a joy that is. Today, if you've been listening, you see that we have on the radio Sue McRae. Sue is an incredible businesswoman who, I mean, reached the height of um, success in her business um, she has written two incredible books. She's real. That's what I love about Sue. Sue is not <laughs> afraid to be. And I think that's God. You know, that's a God confidence. What do you think, Sue, when you get to the point to where you can just be real? It, it has to be. Uh, yeah. You know, it's just too complicated to, to, to try to be something you're not. It's just too complicated. And I don't want that in my life. Yeah. 
I agree. I, I spent too many years doing that, and it's like you said, I was always so afraid of who's going to find out what. And, and, and here's <laughs> the thing. We talked about the last segment that I think is so important. You were talking about, let me go back to my notes. Oh, when I brought up the word secrets. You know, so many times we don't understand, and this is an area I help I dive help people dive into their lives. Secrets. What's your secret? Because what there's one thing that shame needs to stay alive, and that is secrets. If we're holding secrets, then shame can wrap it, itself around us, and boy, shame, guilt, and regret is really what you know it paralyzes us. So. You know, to have someone who shares their secrets, opens up about their hurts, well, that just, that begins to uh, unloosen chains on lots of people. So, well, I, I love that. So, but before, let's, before I, let, let me quit talking. Let's just jump into, um, into this new book that you have, Life-Changing Encounters and Divine Appointments, 25 Biblical Encounters that Provide Insight for Personal Encounters in the 21st Century. I love this. And on the back, it says, we all experience thousands of encounters during our lifetime. These encounters come in all forms. Some of the people we meet are for a reason, some a season, and others for a lifetime. Some encounters are expected while others are planned. Consider the encounters you have had that have changed your life's direction. So what is a divine appointment? When you talk about these divine uh, encounters and appointments, what, what is that? Explain that. What what does that mean? Well, in, in a nutshell, a divine appointment is God-inspired, God-led, and we don't even realize it a lot of times. We can look back and see how God led that, how God intervened. But but God is a part of that. You know, um, in uh, in um, Blackaby's book, Experiencing God, and, and the workbooks, it was such good work. But but he but they talk about um, God is at work all the time, you know, and Jesus said that Jesus was about doing God's work, and of course they're the same. But God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and we have the Holy Spirit within us to guide us to maybe there's someone in need today, and I think if we would just pause and just stop and think. Who's God put on my heart, and and why did, why is that person on my mind today? Well, let me just emphasize that if somebody's been put on your heart, if you're thinking about somebody today, either call them, reach out to them, drop by to see them, uh, send a card, do something, because God put that in there. I believe with all of my heart, and that's what a divine appointment is is that it's God-directed. Now, a lot of times we just are out there and about, and it's not about us. It's about that other person that needs something, that needs a smile, needs uh, just an acknowledgement. You know, there are people who just don't even get acknowledged. And there's a lot of hurting. There's hurting people, but there's a lot of hurting women and and I know we have some men on the line, and I know there's hurting men, but I believe that that there's so many hurting women that that are not getting needs met in a lot of ways. Maybe their mom didn't affirm them. Maybe nobody's. Maybe their husband is not affirming. Sometimes we just need to be treat them valuable, 
And so that they will realize that if that person uh, respects me and sees me something in me, maybe God sees something in me. Maybe I am worth something. And and I do think that Satan puts those things in our mind that we're not worthy, we're not as good as. I'm never, you know, when I compare myself to Kim Crable, I'm never going to be as good as her. But you know what I do is I take my worst qualities and measure them up against her best qualities. And so I'm going to come out a loser every time. And And with everybody that we compare ourselves with, we do that. We just think, well, you know, I'm not as good a speaker or writer or teacher as as that person. But think about what you do have. Work on what you do have. And God will increase that and give you a way of influence. And I think that's what we're supposed to do. As Christians, if we don't influence, they're being influenced. People are being influenced some way, somehow. And there's so much thrown at people today. Sometimes, and, and I believe that through this pandemic thing that we've had, we've mm-hmm. quit looking at people. We've quit acknowledging people. I will go to the grocery store and put on my little my little guard around myself and not look at anybody, you know, because she has on a mask and I don't, or I do and she don't, and I don't want to be judged, and I don't want to her to think that, whatever, whatever. Isn't that crazy? We don't look at people well, like we used to. I, I so agree with you. And going back to that comparing, you're right. If I compare myself to you or if we compare ourselves to anybody, you know, that's why I think the Bible says in Galatians 6, 4 through 6, it says don't compare yourself with others. You know, look at your own work and see, you know, see how you're doing. And and that's mm-hmm. we need to get back to that. It's like that is like the one way the enemy can bring us down. And I think the way to do that is to pick up a book like yours that shows us, you know, that there that God does is active in our life and and to give um, you know, get examples of it so that we can follow that. One thing I wanted to talk about before we move on is you know, these divine appointments and you were talking about, you know, if you have a, a thought of someone or if someone crosses your mind or if you run into someone, what, you know, I was jotting down, how do we miss opportunities like that? And I wrote down, um, you, you mentioned this before, you know, when, when God puts someone in our mind, number one, a lot of times we're just too busy, right? We talked about that. Mm-hmm. And I think another one too is that we're so, we're, we get it in our mind that we're going to bother them, that they're too busy. Like, oh, I don't mm-hmm. want to be a bother. Do you? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, just text them and just say, I've prayed for you today or thinking about you today. Just something. I mean, who would reject that? <laughs> exactly. And I think that's just a good thing is that we have to overcome our own thinking with what God would have us to do just to, because I am a firm believer just like you. I believe that um, this tour we're doing on friendship through I'm telling you what, everywhere, most everywhere we go, except maybe one location, we have we have filled up the event. Women, we are hungry to get back together, but we don't <laughs> just to uh, just to say that we did. There is a longing for true friendship, for vulnerability, for us to talk about things that really matter. So um, I think that's another reason I wanted you on today because well, not only do you do that, write about that. 
And, and you mentioned that, uh, I believe, that you are a counselor. I don't know if you're doing that now. Uh, but yes. I, I encourage everybody to seek out Christian counseling. I think we all need it uh, just for, for maintenance, if nothing else. To, because when we tell ourselves something over and over, we just tell ourselves over and over. We don't get beyond that. And sometimes just sitting down with someone that, that will listen and a professional that uh, knows how to, to, to be there for us, I just encourage people to do that. I agree. I've told both of my boys who are adults, I told them, I said, you know, looking back, I think one of the greatest things that I should have done that I I didn't do was just do a monthly check-in or a bi-monthly check-in with a counselor, just like, hey, how am I doing? Because I I fought a lot of battles on my own. Now, you know, looking back, because I went back to school later in life, looking back, I think about, gosh, I could have, well, just like you said, you joined a group. And you realized you didn't have to that, that the behavior that you were that you were living with was not acceptable. You know, other people can be there to lead and guide us, and that's that's another point for you, listener, who you're afraid to tell someone. You're living alone. You're living. You feel like no one would ever understand. I I will tell you, there will there are people who will understand. You can't go at it alone. Um, that's where the enemy attacks us the most is when we try to go at it alone. So, um, and I, let, let's get back to this book, um, Sue. I, here's what one of the things I love about it. I love the way it's formatted. It is perfect for small group or large group discussion. So talk about that to our listeners. How did you format this and, and what were you thinking? Yeah, well, one of the things that, that at the end of each chapter, there's a place for life application. You know, what does this got to do, what does this have to do with me? Okay, there's a story of a Bible story. And, and those scriptures, uh, Bible stories are things that you're familiar with. If you've been, if you've been a part of the Christian life for a while, you know these stories. But what has this got to do with me? How, our pastor always said, the so what? The so what to the story. So there's a place for you to write in there. Uh, I do have several. I've got a book club in a, another town that's that's doing this. That's They're using it as therapy, I think. Her husband said that. But my pastor's wife is, is guiding a group of people through this, and they're taking a couple chapters at a time. They're very short. And it just gives you a chance to look at different things that God used in different people's lives. Let me point out one. Uh, There's three chapters on David. You know, we Mm -hmm. all know that David was God's, uh, after God's own heart. You know, in two of those chapters, David was walking with the Lord. You know, when he conquered Goliath and, you know, as a young boy, he had faith and, and he was walking with the Lord. When he was up against Saul. King Saul was after him to kill him, and he could have killed him in that cave that day. When he cut off the bottom of his garment, he was walking with the Lord. But then there's another David, and there's David and and Bathsheba. He was not walking with, he was still after God's own heart. He was still beloved by God. But he was not walking with the Lord at that time. You know, what we let enter our minds, what we 
focus on, what we dwell on. And that got David in trouble, not just for that time, which led to murdering Bathsheba, uh, her husband, that in, in war, uh, then his whole family fell apart. He, the repercussions of that, he paid for that on and on, and his whole family did. So we have to look at our way of walking with God. So those chapters will just give you a chance to say, you know, how did this happen? Why did why did Philip, why did the Holy Spirit lead Philip down this dusty road to encounter the eunuch that was reading the scripture? He didn't know how to interpret it. He didn't know what it was about. And Philip told him, and he became a believer. And what hinders me from being baptized right here? And then Philip disappears. And, you know, eunuch in the chariot goes on their way. How do you think that happened? The Holy Spirit did that. And so if we would just become more aware, and you know what I like to do is just in my shower, just say, God, who do you want me to, to interact with today? Who, who is it that needs something that 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 I can offer? Um, I've kind of taken on personally a, a life's philosophy, if you will. It's kind of my own thing. but But whatever we've been given, is what somebody else needs. So think about what you've been given. I, I went last week and spent four days with my sister who had become very ill, and I cooked and I helped. And, I, you know, I can't do, there's a lot of things I can't do, but I can do that. Whatever I've been given, that's what I'm called to do. And so rather than making a big deal about all these other things that I'm not equipped to do, God didn't give me this, uh, you know. Uh, but I can go to somebody's house and live there for a few days and take care of her. And so I'm not not bragging about that. I'm just trying to make you think, what is it that God has given you? And and when you're thinking about the encounters that you go out and the people that, you know, sometimes people act badly, they're, they're rude, but, you know, hurting people hurt people. And if you think about, you know, we don't fight against flesh and blood. It's about evil and, and principalities. So if you think about they're acting that way because they're insecure, they're acting that way because they are hurting, passionate a little bit. Just give them whatever it is that you have. And you might have nothing but a smile, a touch, just looking at someone. Whatever you've been given is what somebody else needs. And so as you open up each day of your life, if you'll just ask God, God, what encounter would you have me to have with someone else? Because we are to be God's mouthpiece, God's in action, God's hands, God's feet. We're to be that because if we don't, we are the salt and light of the world. And if we're going to be that, we need to get out of ourselves and quit being like Sue used to be and being shy and insecure, you know, poor me. Um, Focus on the other person. Wow, that was a lot. Thank you. I mean, that was, you know, when I say a lot, I mean, it's it's a lot that we can do. You said it in a way 
that everyone can take that on and do it. Because we do focus so many times on what we can't do. And that's why, you know, you know, because God has gifted us in the way that, that we can be used. When you wrote down a look, a smile, and I, my thought was, I always go, you know, when you said, when your pastor says, so what? I always say, well, what does that matter? And when I wrote that down, a look and a smile, why does that matter? Because you know what it's like to feel invisible. If you look at someone and see them, if you smile at someone in the grocery store today, it makes them feel visible. We just don't understand the power that our presence can have in other people's lives. And one of the other things, too, is I talk about so many times in our ministry is that opposition is always our um, opportunity, that when when someone's opposing us, boy, just like you said, hurting people hurt people, and that's a time it could be it, it can become such an opportunity. Well, you had mentioned we're down to about seven or eight minutes. Give us you had mentioned um, the uh, appointment. I mean, the divine appointment with the police officer and the people helping you in your church. But I want to go back and and, and listeners, I just. I can't tell you enough. I, there's, I don't even have enough time to go through the 25 people and different situations. Not only does she have encounters with people, but she has encounter with humility, encounter with change. I mean, this book, you, you just must get it. And, and I'm not trying to sell a book. What I'm trying to do is show you how real God is in your life. This is, this book does this. It, and it takes you through so many of the stories like, um, you know, uh, Joseph and um, the widow, Peter. Um, the, I love the encounter of looking back. How many of us are, are always trying to look back? That's, a, that's one of my favorites. Saul, David, Jonah, Ruth, go on and on and on. So I want you to get this, to open your eyes. Why do we do what we do? Why does it matter? To open your eyes to the one and only God who sent his only son so that we could have these encounters that not only affect us today, but will affect our eternity. And I wanted, you know, the last chapter in Sue's book is uh, talking about the most important encounter we'll ever have, and that is the encounter with Jesus. And you alluded uh, at the beginning of the show of the program um, Sue, about your encounter that changed everything. Could you tell us about your encounter and how you met Jesus? Well, growing up in, in a pastor's home, I was uh, baptized as a child and did what I thought I was supposed to do. You know, I went along and that's what I did. But I don't didn't really get it. I really wasn't uh, right with God. And so I went through this difficult in my marriage and, and, and the pain. I just don't think that people have never been there understand the pain of breaking that, that, that marriage and how hard it is. And so I was uh, visiting my mom and I ended up in a drugstore with an acquaintance in a small town not far from me. And, and I ended up don't know why I went into that Super D store. It's not there anymore. But my friend, my acquaintance from years ago and her husband owned the drugstore. And so she invited me to the back room and I sat down on a box. And immediately Patty said to me, Sue, what is it going to take? 
Now, Patty did not know that my marriage was falling apart. She did not know anything at all about me. She had not seen me in years. We were not close when we when we were together. But she said, what is it going to take? And, oh, my goodness, my heart broke. And I knew she could see my heart. She could see the blackness inside of me. Now, how did she do that? Well, how do you think she did that? The Holy Spirit told her that I wasn't right. Well, I just started bawling and and opened up to her about what was going on in my life. And a few days later, on a Wednesday night at my church, I went to my associate pastor and told him I needed to talk. And it was in his office that I totally surrendered and accepted Christ as my my Savior, not my daddy's, but mine. And it was as if I was hearing things for the first time. It was as if I had a desire to read the Bible. It was uh, it was incredible the difference that my heart was changed. And so it was because an encounter happened at a Super D sitting on a box and my friend saying, what is it going to take? So that has become power map with me. That that what can if God prompts us to reach out to somebody and say, maybe not that. Maybe what can I do for you? How can I be there for you? Are are you okay? What something to get that person to realize that you care enough. Well, Patty became Patty and I became close, and God would wake her up during the night, and she would pray for me, call me the next morning and say, are you okay? I prayed for you at 3 o'clock last night. And it was walking with her that made such a difference for me. That, and, and she never, she was so against divorce. She was never. And, you know, I do not advocate a divorce for ever unless it's it's um, needed, unless, you know, God says, you know, fornication, somebody being unfaithful, that's reason for divorce. And if, if you're in danger, you know, ask, ask yourself, what would God want me to do with this? So anyway, Patty's saying to me, what is it going to take? My, now, my marriage was not saved. I was not able because only you can't do it by yourself. And so I did make a change. I did leave the house. I did move out. Um, and it was um, a lot of of growing spiritually during that time. But I felt God's presence so powerfully. But it started with that encounter on the box at Super D. That is that is powerful for those who are listening uh, to to realize you know even in stores even at, I mean wherever we go God is directing our steps um, answer if you can in, in a minute uh, why do you think God provides divine appointments well because He loves us so much and He doesn't give up on us uh, I, I just answer that in my own out of my, you know, from my heart. I don't know. I don't know, but I believe that God loves us so much. God, for God so loved us that he, he was willing to, to do 
the extent that he did, that Jesus would shed his blood for us, that he cares so much for us, that he doesn't give up on us. And, and, you know, we give up on ourselves, but I, I know that he loves us that much. And many times, Kim, I have looked back and say, God, and, and I have a lot of encounter stories along the way, but I ask myself, God must love me an awful lot. I, I'm remarried to the most godly, wonderful husband in the whole world, and God sent him to me, and I think, God, why did you must love me an awful lot to do this for me? <laughs> that is powerful. Well, friend, I can't even thank you enough for joining us. Uh, you have given, uh, I mean, the time that you have written this, these books and just, um, you know, the times that you go. Listeners, I just want you to know, if you would like to have Sue come to your church or your business or civic group, you can contact her. This is correct, isn't it, Sue? It's, it, it's yes. Sue Z, S-U-E-Z, at Sue Z McGray. It's not Susie, it's S-U-E-Z-M-C-C-R-A-Y.com. Or you can call or text her at 615-477-2780. For more information about her books or how to order copies, you can go to the website at www.suegray.com. I'll have all this information on all my social media as well. But I want to close out... um, the uh, the show today by just thanking you so much for giving us a full hour of your time and I want to read from uh, the preface of, of the book Life Changing Encounters I don't think that uh, there's no way I could say it any better than the one and only Sue who wrote this book but it says remember encounters really do matter friend who's listening I want you to, I want you to soak that in remember the encounters that you're going to face today, at the grocery store, at the laundry mat, at work, wherever you go, the encounters really do matter. It is up to us to make the most of what we learn from the encounters to the Bible in our own lives to grasp the importance of taking all encounters seriously. May God grant you fresh new encounters, like Sue, which are divine appointments each day that will positively impact your life and others. Sue, thank you so much for joining us. What what a treat. What a blessing it is. And thank you, um, Kim. Thank you for having me. You make it easy. Well, thank you. I think we are very uh, very much like minded in the fact that we want everyone to live not only life but the abundant life that God has promised them. And to do that is we face those things that, that are in our past and what was meant for evil, God means for good, and he wants, He has a plan. And um, all of these, these things that you talked about for each of us to realize that it may not be comfortable to reach out to people, but it's what God would have us to do. So, friend, thank yes. you so much. Let's do it again sometime. Thank Maybe you. We'll, let's do something special or Georgia. We'll, let's we'll talk, yes. okay? Sounds All great. Right. Thank and, you. Thank you absolutely. so much. Absolutely. And, friends, Thank you for joining us. It, it is so wonderful to know that you're a part of our uh, coffee group. And, you know, we hope that each each time you listen, whether it's on Monday mornings when we're coming live or if it's through the podcast, I just want to hope that you see that, that you feel the encouragement and the equipping through our coffee conversations because that's exactly why we do it, 
to honor God and to make him more visible in our world. So thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time right here on Coffee. This is Kim Crable. Talk to you later. Bye, everybody. To learn more about Kim's books, teaching materials, or to invite Kim to speak at your event, please visit kimcrable.org. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, to learn more, please visit kimcrable.org.